2: hello i'm paul giamatti and i'm steven asma join us on the chinwag podcast every wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre they committed human sacrifice i did bring up human sacrifice yes <laughs> you sure <laughs> did that just went by fast. Kinda to casually toss that out i would like to have an alien
0: hatchet young inside Holy shit really she saw world peace and i saw demons coming out of the wall.
3: I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble.
0: (laughs) They wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality, and you're naked and screaming. It's like... <laughs> Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms.
2: For more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and
0: find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at
2: chinwag underscore pod. When's the last time you got a letter, like a handwritten letter?
1: I believe it was the guy who wrote to The Levitard Show who
2: was complaining about me. That's the closest thing I've got to Okay. What would you do if you got a letter of just someone wanting to catch up? I'd, I'd probably text them and say, hey, got your letter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like just a subtle demonstration of the power that we hold
3: in yeah. our pockets. Okay. Maze? I mean, my mom writes letters a lot, but I wouldn't count that. I used to write letters to my one friend in Boston, but I fell off on that a couple years ago, so it's probably been a couple years okay it's fun though i like i like writing a letter i like it's fun not knowing what you wrote right so uh, it's a nice little time capsule because once you send it it's
2: gone you can't go look at it again so oh that's that's actually interesting the idea that you don't know what you wrote because like this would be like a mean podcasting yeah mean lives his life a quarter mile at a time (laughs) yeah he doesn't remember anything he said on any podcast i would say i remember about half the stuff i say but every once in a while you know someone will be like oh you said this on a pod i'm like did i that doesn't sound like something i'd say so the backdrop to this because
1: i've been listening to a lot of old cinephobe episodes (laughs) and i i told the guys the funniest thing that happens is when i'm listening to an episode about a movie i don't remember i mean obviously i remember the movie but i don't remember the details and we're going through a scenario. And Zach or Maze will say something. And in my head, I'll react a certain way. And then on the pod, I react literally the exact same way. Same joke, same framing, everything. It's pretty incredible.
3: Consistency.
2: That's what we call deja vu. Isn't that a Denzel movie? Yes, it is. Does that qualify? I think it might. Deja vu does not qualify, by the way. Oh, that's a shit. Too good.
1: Too good of a movie. Too good of a movie, unlike Money Plane. What? Come on, man. Oh, Your picks
2: have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't, isn't it? it? It's isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about.
1: Poppycock! What the fuckhouse. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of
2: mankind. Poppycock! What story? <laughs> what story? What are you talking about do you want lunch i have yet to laugh in this movie i'll just tell you that you picked this, motherfuckers so. <laughs> just remember that
1: you know the problem with hollywood is they make shit unbelievable unremarkable shit i was legitimately offended you were i offended. was, a, I, was offended. I didn't know you could get offended i was offended this did it If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all (laughs) over.
2: The podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. If you have a submission to submit, a reminder that it needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience or the critic score. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 2020 action movie, Money Plane. I like how there's no
1: other part of this. That's all
2: it said. It's it just, just said an action, action movie.
1: Maze, what you got? What does what your category say?
3: Yeah, back-to-back action. Money Train, Money Plane, action, action.
2: No heist. I mean, there
1: was a heist, but...
2: Right, but it's sort of... I mean, sort of a heist, right? I don't actually understand what happened at the end. We'll get into it. Money Plane stars Kelsey Grammer, Adam Copeland, and Thomas Jane. Adam Copeland, also known as The Edge. Or Edge.
1: I don't know who Adam Copeland is. I don't know who The Edge is. I know who Thomas Jane is, but I don't know what character he played.
2: Thomas Jane was the friend. The buddy who's like the... the, the oh, the my God. godfather. He's
1: an old man now. Yeah, man. He... Oh, no.
2: I got a note later on, but he wears the fuck out of some gray stubble. I got to clarify that it's Edge, not
3: the Edge, the guitarist from U2. <laughs> right? It's the wrestler. And he's also in Vikings, which I've never watched.
2: Never seen it. Tried. It was boring. Kelsey Grammer, the Grand Marshall,
3: plays the Rumble. Six-time Emmy Award winner, Kelsey Grammer. My favorite thing about
1: Kelsey Grammer is every time I hear his name, I think of the outtakes from Rush Hour where Chris Tucker is on the phone with the kidnappers and his, and they say, you got to deliver like $10 million. And he said, $10 million? Damn, what you got, Kelsey Clinton? He try, he's trying to say Chelsea Clinton and he keeps saying, <laughs> Kelsey Clinton. He says, Kelsey Grammer, Chelsea Grammer. He just can't remember the name Chelsea Clinton. And every time I hear Kelsey Grammer, I always think of that. The last one he said, what do you got? Kelsey Grammer?
2: Kelsey Grammer has like a top five voice for me. Oh, uh, it is a good voice. Sancho Bob. Well, yeah, but I, I'm just talking about in this movie when he's talking. Oh my God. That dude's got a voice. No. Okay. Part of it is that he, I would love to have his, his pipes. He's
1: got a voice. He definitely has a voice, but there's another part of it where he is literally the only
2: actor here. He is the only actor in this movie. It pops off the screen.
1: Right. Whenever he's on, they're like, oh, that's what
2: acting looks like. There are notes where I say, I don't know if he's acting his ass off or he's just alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Kelsey was coming off future cinephobe Grand Isle in 2019, and he has something called the God Committee coming out in 2021. Oh, God. You You may also remember him from playing Bonaparte in Expendables 3. Adam Copeland was the wrestler called Edge. He was in a movie called Interrogation in 2016. He was also in WrestleMania 36 in 2020. Thomas Jane was in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie in 1992 and The Punisher in 2004. Also, the Deep Blue Seaman. He did face
3: off and Boogie Nights back to back in 97, 98. It's pretty sick. Boogie Nights, I just watched and he's he comes in. He's basically Todd, the the stripper who has all the drugs.
1: <laughs> Thomas Jane. I always think about two things. One, didn't he play Mickey Mantle?
3: Yeah, Mickey Mantle in 61 Asterisk. Barry Pepper was Roger Maris. Great movie.
1: But also the Thomas Jane and Guy Pierce. I always used to get them confused.
2: <laughs> Such a racist.
1: Wasn't he, wasn't he the vampire in True Blood?
2: Was he in True Blood? No. He's that Bill? We just all looked alike. No. Okay, never mind
3: then. You just compared Thomas Jane to an Australian and an English actor.
1: Okay. They all look alike.
2: All right. We're also getting Denise Richards from Starship Troopers, Wild Things, and The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills.
1: And Undercover Brother.
2: Oh, that's right. White She-Devil.
1: That's how I know her.
2: And
3: future cinephobe Tammy and the T-Rex. Mark that one down, guys.
2: (laughs) We also get the Lawrence Brothers. Joey from Blossom, Matthew from Mrs. Doubtfire, and Andy from, well, we got Joey and Matthew Lawrence in this one. Joey Lawrence was the dude on the ground, right? Iggy. No, no, no. No, Joey is the concierge.
3: Iggy is Andrew, and Matthew was Crockett. So I remember them from a show called Brotherly Love on the Disney Channel. Oh that must have just been in a sweet spot when I was like at my grandma's house for 2 weeks every summer just watching a shitload of Disney Channel cuz I think I probably watched 20 episodes of that show. I
2: mean, maybe it was 24. And Cody?
3: You guys want to try your jokes again, or you just want me to edit it so that you say them se- sequentially? Yeah. No, I kind of like them jumbled together.
1: I got to want you to edit it.
2: <laughs> I mean, Maze was, Maze was 24. The sweet spot with Zach and Cody. By the way, Money Plane, directed by Andrew Lawrence. He's a real, real renaissance man, that third Lawrence brother. He also directed something called The Office Mix-Up, which starred Joey and Matthew Lawrence. He also directed a TV movie called Killer Competition about a valedictorian investigated for killing a top student. He also wrote the screenplay for Money Plane. It's his only writing credit, as did Tim Schaaf, who also gets a screenplay credit. His only other writing credit is called Better Than Love, which stars Matthew and Andy Lawrence.
1: It's a family affair.
2: We get story credits from Tyler W. Connie, who wrote a movie called Blackwater with Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. Oh, wow. Does that qualify? I'm sure it does. I think every single credit of these guys is cinephobe territory. Zero
3: percent (laughs) qualifies. Safe bet.
2: (laughs) Also, Richard Switzer uh, has a story credit. He also wrote Blackwater. Synopsis for Money Plane. A professional thief with $40 million in debt and his family's life on the line must commit one final heist. Rob a futuristic airborne casino filled with the world's most dangerous criminals. So futuristic. (laughs) Tagline. An explosive casino heist in the sky. Yeah.
1: That's not a tagline. That's that's, that's a synopsis.
2: Also a much more succinct synopsis. Couldn't get any... Budget estimations, what it gross, what it made. It's- yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing
3: at all. The only other movies we have that don't have any info are the Netflix movies. Right. Every single other movie we have, there's a budget out there and there's a gross.
2: Even Theodore Rex, I could tell you the budget could not have been high and it was gross.
1: <laughs> well done. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this movie was, was any scene where he's in the cockpit. I just, I literally just sat and laughed at the background.
2: <laughs> the fight in the cockpit,
1: that and and how he jumped off
2: the plane. <laughs> All right, uh, if you want to watch the movie before we get into it, uh, Muddy Plane is available on Hulu. Muddy Plane receives twenty five percent from critics on twelve reviews on rotten tomatoes 40% from the audience on 48 ratings. Wow, it's gone up. This is literally the lowest watched rated thing we've ever
3: we've ever tackled. Whenever I wrote this down it was 22 and 29, so it's it's climbing, guys. Wow.
1: Wow. I was under the impression that this movie was a Netflix movie.
3: No. Oh. And it wasn't.
1: It, it, but it was direct streaming, right? It it, it didn't
2: I think the plan was it for it to be released, but I don't know what happened. Maybe someone watched it before they were going to put it in theaters. Uh, mean, do you what, the positive or the negative reviews?
1: Uh, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, Zach, so give me the positives.
0: Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the, the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty.
2: Steven Silver of Splice Today. It isn't good, exactly, and it's notably cheap looking. But I still had a smile on my face for large parts of it. Accurate, I mean, same. I mean, I guess. E.J. Moreno of Flickering Myth. This feels like a throwback to the best cheesy '90s action movies. Sometimes all your movie needs to be is pure dumb, and Money Plane is exactly that—pure, uncut dumb. Alan Ang of Film Threat.
1: Film Threat or Film Thread?
2: Film Threat. Wow. Okay. Aggressive. The espionage and science are implausible at best but were you really expecting a realistic plot?
1: I mean, kind of <laughs>
2: <laughs> more than this. All right. We got some user reviews. Cause we literally had three positive reviews <laughs> from the critics user. Rick W five out of five stars. I love it. When a film doesn't take itself too seriously, perfect tone and a great escape from current events.
1: The current events they're talking about is the coronavirus pandemic.
2: See now I was thinking maybe black lives matter. Oh, wow. I was thinking maybe this one got left in like April or May. Oh, man. User Stephen L., five out of five stars. Look, it isn't going to win any awards, maybe a Razzie, but this movie isn't trying to do that. It was a fun ride that had me smiling and cheering throughout the experience. Crack open a beer and sit back, relax, and enjoy. Speaking of which User Mark J., four out of five stars. I liked it. I found it entertaining. I like the concept of pulling a heist on a plane while in flight. (laughs) And then user Chris Y, five out of five stars. I'm the goddamn money plane. What? I don't know. <laughs> well,
1: I was, I was going to say, oh, he's quoting, and I'm like, yeah, no, that wasn't. That no, wasn't.
2: <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> All right, time for the negative reviews. At this point of time, my thought on critics not liking stuff is, then turn it off, you fucking weirdo. You have
1: so many options. <laughs> People who watch... An entire project to hate on it? Man, it is so weird to me.
2: Sean Burns of North Shore Reviews. This is no smarmy meta exercise in self-mockery, but rather a feat of genuine incompetence. It comes by its crappiness, honestly. Josh Bell of Crooked Marquee. The heist plan makes no sense. The action is sporadic and listless. The dialogue is full of macho nonsense, and the set, where most of the movie was shot, only vaguely resembles the interior of a plane (laughs) yeah i went back and forth on that we'll have to come back to that later yeah i got a lot of notes on that you know what's
1: funny is usually in the movies they'll say this thing is set as the inside of an apartment or inside of of a plane or something like that and you'll look at it and they'll show a picture from the outside of like no way this place is huge on the inside and the outside looks tiny this is one of the few times I can remember it was the opposite, <laughs> where the picture of the plane from the outside was like a jumbo 757, Yeah, but on the inside is like the size of a PJ.
2: Or the size of maybe a studio apartment, where it was filmed. <laughs> Jeffrey M. Anderson of Common Sense Media. Almost a guilty pleasure, this heist movie benefits a bit from an I-don't-care attitude, but unfortunately, it's crushed under too many dumb cliches, terrible writing, and general boredom. General boredom? General... Gen- <laughs>
1: Reporting for duty, sir.
2: <laughs> Peter Subzinski of eFilmCritic.com. Look, I do not object to the fact that Money Plane is trying to be the most self-consciously doping movie of recent memory. What I object to is that the whole thing is too stupid and lazy to accomplish even that not exactly lofty goal. Mark Dusik. <laughs> Mark Dusik. D-U-J-S-I-K.
1: That's Dusik for me.
2: Mark Dusik of Mark Reviews Movies. But he does. It's not Dushik Reviews movies.
1: <laughs> you got a different website for that.
2: The filmmakers have made a laughable movie and didn't think to laugh at themselves. I think they did. Your boy, Brian Orndorf of Blu-ray.com. Wow, a negative review from him? And only one this time. Usually he double dips. Money playing doesn't deliver when it counts the most, but there's an idea here that holds potential. Gifting the endeavor and an entertaining dark side. He tries so hard.
1: What? He tries so hard. I hate him so much, man. Him and what's the other guy?
2: Caffeinated Clint?
1: Caffeinated Clint. Fuck that guy. Is is he here today?
2: No, he's not. I wish Wally Waffles was. I I miss him. Nick Shager of the Daily Beast. In the history of dumb ideas, few have been stupider than the money plane. Ian Thomas Malone of Ian Thomas Malone.
1: Wait, hold on. Is this a user (laughs) review or?
2: or No, this is. Of In the Critics Review.
1: He just got a website named after himself.
2: That's what it said. Money Plane could have been a fun disaster of a film, but Copeland's obvious boredom sucks all the air out of the cockpit. Travis Hobson of Punch Drunk Critics. There are rare moments when Money Plane is as over the top as we'd like it to be, but the premise is never capitalized on as it should be. I got three user reviews. User, and there was no name given, one out of five stars. Aside from one ridiculous monologue from Kelsey Grammer in the beginning and the comforting presence of a grizzled Thomas Jane in a small role, this cheapo heist movie is embarrassingly awful. To prove my point, its star, a known wrestler, spends most of the heist, dot, 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 flying the plane. Why?
1: Did Mike Ryan write that review?
2: (laughs) It sounded a lot like that. Because that was the
1: exact same criticism he had for the movie.
2: (laughs) I was dying when he texted that to me. User Catherine W gave 1 out of 5 stars. Well, we are 10 minutes in. Not sure how we lasted this long, and we are done. My husband, who can watch anything, is going to give it another 5 minutes and call it quits. Bad lighting and curtains make up most of the quote unquote sets. Kelsey Grammer's few minutes gave me hope, but alas, we are now on the money plane, and I fear nothing is going to improve. Words that come to mind, cliche, lackluster oh and embarrassing suddenly my 599 rental fee seems a regrettable investment
1: jesus christ
2: yep my husband just hit the wall we're out jesus they paid i like that the idea that she's typing that like nine minutes into the movie real time <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then last one user donald p gave it half a star out of five stars Is this movie supposed to be this bad? Is it supposed to be a comedy? The trailer had ten times the production value than all of the rest of the movie. Someone made a very bad bet on this movie. I agree, the trailer fucking bangs.
1: That user, uh, you know, he's, uh... What's coming
2: here? This
1: is quite the... (laughs) That user, uh, he's actually a pretty famous actor. He, uh... (laughs) He... He stars in uh, La Pulitura in Italy. That's the Italian version of Scrubs. His name is Donald Faison.
3: Were you stalling to Google Scrubs in in Italian?
2: That was (laughs) such a long walk (laughs) to nowhere. paisa welcome to
3: cinephobe,
2: <laughs> welcome to cinephobe. <laughs> uh, i'm getting bored why don't we just skip to the end i mean what's your first note
1: my first note because i didn't know anything about this movie i knew kelsey Grammer was in it i remember when it came out i thought it was a netflix movie starring kelsey Grammer, so i thought it was gonna be like oh you know like cheap action movie like any one of these action movies that come out that are you know, of a certain quality. And so I'm watching it and I'm recognizing everything looks so low budget, including the actors and the roles they're playing. And so I asked, am I watching the right movie? And moments after that, the subtitles say suspendful music. They misspelled suspenseful. Suspendful? S-U-S-P-E-N-F-U-L. Suspendful. Like like it's full of these writing instruments that we're not quite sure of. Suspendful i was really confused and i said these actors all look very b-movie so those were my th- first three notes because i legit was confused if i had picked the right movie maybe there was another money plane out there
2: we open up with edge saying i learned early on in my career that a job well done has three critical parts my next note was this thing shot in a dentist's office see there you go edge looks awkwardly dressed they made a point to show us that he wears glasses for some reason And his security card won't swipe for these guards.
1: The guards who are all awful casting jobs. Awful. They literally just grab people walking down the street.
2: They just like, oh, that guy's kind of big.
1: But he's not. He's just fat.
3: He's supposed to be at a museum of fine art. That took me
2: a while to know that they were at a museum. Well, it certainly doesn't look like one. (laughs) He says, first, the right crew. It takes more than one flint to make a fire. Which I don't think is actually true. Yeah, you, know, you need one flint and you need kindling
1: when he took his glasses off i wrote acting his ass off
2: <laughs> way <laughs> too early for that i know we got a hacker helping him get the card right and he gets through the metal detector in the dentist's office he says two there's how things are and how they appear to be we find out the machine guns for the guards are new within the last two days edge says it feels off but stay the course Also, he doesn't know his right from his left, which I didn't think was acting. Yeah, other left. (laughs) Walks into a room and is looking for a painting of some sort. Uh, But his hacker can't see him in the room, and he sees the painting. The painting isn't actually there, though. And we've got a speed-looped video situation. They put a device on the hacker's van. He says to abort the mission. We've been compromised. He's now locked in the room, and a gas canister goes off outside of it. And then he says, three, plan A is only as good as your plan B.
3: Okay, can we stop right here? These are not the three critical
2: parts of a job. I wrote (laughs) these are horrible rules to getting a job done.
1: (laughs) I like I like the way May said it better because he said these are not the 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 three (laughs) elements, and as if he has three elements at the ready.
2: Yeah, mays do you have three elements? I got the fifth element right here. Some woman in a leather jacket breaks open the door. Guards are knocked out on the floor everywhere.
3: Yeah, they do that classic thing of we hear sound effects of punches,
2: but then we don't see the fight. My next note. Wait a second. They got outside, they've all got guns, there is no barrier between the guards and these two people, and they're shooting at each other from what is roughly seven feet away, and nobody gets hit. Are blood capsules that expensive?
1: As the movie goes on, you'll find an answer to that question, Zach.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes, they are. Andrew Lawrence drives them away, and next we cut to Kelsey Grammer, who is smoking the fuck out of a cigar.
0: Darius Emanuel Grouch the third. Better known as
1: the Rumble. But hold on. Your last name is Grouch. Why would you have a nickname? Because it's the Rumble. I thought he was going to say better known as
3: Oscar. And when he says the Rumble, there's a caption that says light thunder rumbling sound
2: effect.
1: Oh, yeah. They definitely described every sound that was happening.
2: I wrote, did he just exposition himself? Oh, Oh, there's there's a lot of that. There's a lot of exposition. There's There's a scene
1: coming up. (laughs) There's a, like I spent most of my time in my notes trying to find out the way to describe it. Officer exposition, doctor exposition, all the different expositions we've had throughout Cinephobe. But by the way, that would be nice, right? If we had like an intern who could do a montage of Cinephobe episodes with all the different exposition characters.
3: I'll shortcut it for you right now. I mean, this movie is made and starring the Exposition Brothers. All three Lawrence brothers
2: are exposition. That's all they are.
3: I am very disappointed.
0: The painting wasn't there. Someone knew we were coming. Warhol. De Kooning. Pollock bunch of bitches
2: a henchman behind him holds up a white canvas behind the edge
0: how about i just blow your brains out i'll create my own damn pot
2: was this the henchman's job just to get a prop for this moment
1: man there's some a lot of weird jobs in this movie let me just say
2: what else does he have ready like is he the carrot top of henchman <laughs> he just got a trunk over there in the in the atrium that's like
1: rodrigo <laughs> get the <laughs> get the blank canvas and this guy comes in you're a
0: gambling man, Jack Not anymore Once a gambling man, always a gambling man You bet everything you had You had a 50-50 shot, Jack Toss up a coin One side In a split second, you make enough money to retire You, your crew, your family Live the life they always dreamed of On the other side You lose Everything my, how everything can change in just a second. You trusted you gut, Jack. And it lied to you.
3: I've
1: paid for it ever since.
2: I can see Edge reading off of cue cards. Why are you calling Kelsey Grammer
1: the Rumble, by the way?
2: Are you kidding me? Are what you the kidding, fuck kidding am me? What I mean? supposed to call him?
1: I call him Kelsey.
2: No, he's the Rumble. I mean, really, is Darius Emmanuel Grouch the third? But I'm calling him
3: the Rumble. It took me a second to realize that he was referring to himself because I thought for a second he was talking to Edge. <laughs> but no, <laughs> that's how he starts the
2: conversation. This is my full name. Part of the problem with this movie is everyone met an hour before they they filmed their scenes. There's no chemistry at all in this movie. Absolutely none.
1: I'm shocked that you would give them that sort of consideration. The idea that. These act these people they pulled off the street to be in the movie. I like that. had been there for an hour before they started shooting.
2: I like that you taught, you caught yourself from calling them actors.
1: These are not actors. I, I mean,
2: a, one's a wrestler who flies a plane.
1: No, I'm not even talking about that guy because at least he knew he was gonna be in this. I'm talking about <laughs> everybody else in this movie who yeah. looked like they were just asked to do this and it's, uh, okay, like they had no intention of acting that day when they woke up in the morning
2: the rumble bought the edge's debt because he's an opportunist he saved edge he wants his damn painting it was a 40 million dollar painting and edge says can we just get to the job <laughs> i wrote i was thinking the same thing <laughs> we just moved this along i'm tired of the exposition says the edge seven minutes in i wrote this is the worst movie we've ever done no
1: i look hey man i went back and i listened to jupiter ascending and theodore rex and let me just say Cats might, we probably might have crowned cats a little too quick.
2: Jupiter Ascending at least had, like, money behind it. The bears
0: are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought
1: they were. And we let them off the hook.
3: I can't believe you were already at this point with money playing in this scene. Because I was just so excited to see kelsey grammar and he's really chewing this well hold on quote-unquote dialogue hold on
1: he turns it around right here right
2: his next his next scene or his next line is
0: there is a legend in the underworld those in the know it's called a money plane
2: he said it
3: he said it
0: some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane all craving action whatever you want to wager on The money plane has you covered. You want to bet on a dude fucking an alligator? Money plane.
2: Money plane.
3: Money plane.
2: Really set my expectations too high on that. My next note, I have until the end of the segment to take a take back, right?
1: (laughs) So here's my question. If you had to come up with one scenario, you want to see a blank, 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 blank money plane. What would it be?
2: (laughs) (laughs) If you want to bet on watching a chimpanzee perform open heart surgery. Money plane.
1: You want to see Sophia Loren use a hedgehog as a loofah?
3: Money plane. You want to see men become boys and boys become men? Money plane.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow. Is that kid touching? Is
1: that the first time has actively leaned into it?
2: <laughs> By the way, I posted that clip on Twitter. Matt Grahovec tweeted me, Kelsey Grammer dot, 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 acting his ass off.
1: <laughs> Let me tell you something. Kelsey Grammer, first of all, uh, my notice: is Kelsey is acting his ass off. There's only one other guy who's fighting Kelsey Grammer for the Golden Dumpster, as far as I'm concerned. And it is a fucking knockdown, drag out, game seven, overtime battle.
2: I think I know. I don't think you do. Untouchable by any government because the flight always takes place in international airspace. I wrote, I don't think that's a thing. Definitely not. There are very much fighter jets <laughs> that will come gun you out of the sky <laughs> everywhere. The Rumble will get him and his crew on the plane with backstories. Now the props henchman opens up a laptop. We get a pick of Denise Richards, some kid, and a dog. If he doesn't get him what he wants from the money plane, he won't have anything to come back to. Kelsey Grammer, acting his ass off or just alone. (laughs) Gives him a duffel bag with everything he'll need, have a safe flight. And the Rumble is so pleased with himself after he says have a safe flight. One last job. And then next... We get opening credits. I wrote, wait, that was a cold open? That's insane. But I love it.
1: You know how bad it's gotta be? For us to be like, yo, that's a long ass cold open? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's next level right there. As I'm watching the opening credits, I'm beginning to realize this is the movie and it is extremely, extremely cheap. And I wrote, This makes Sharknado look like Schindler's
2: list. Schindler's got a list. I don't. way, Bobby! If they don't give us an alligator on board at some point, I'll be very upset. That's
3: what I'm saying!
2: Spoiler alert. There is no alligator. It's not a future callback! It's fucked up! Like, that could have been the trailer by itself. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Absolutely. The crew's in some empty warehouse floor, standing over a crate. And I wrote, Andy Lawrence is a triple threat. He will ruin your movie with directing, acting, and writing. He doesn't deliver anything.
1: Yo, that is the truest definition of triple threat.
2: He is a threat to your picture.
3: Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. They want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it, and they will still refund you no questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good... They perform well too. It's good for working out, going to work, going out on dates, just everyday life. Mac Weldon really does value its loyal customers, that's why they've created the Weldon Blue Loyalty Program. Here's how it works. Create an account. It's totally free. Level 1, place an order for any amount and never pay for shipping again. Level 2, once you purchase $200 worth of products from Mac Weldon, not only will you continue to receive free shipping, but you will also start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. Level 2 also grants you access to new products before they are released to anyone else, as well as free gifts added to future orders. I have some Mac Weldon socks, MacWeldon underwear, and I'm wearing my MacWeldon sweatpants right now. It's fantastic. I wear it all the time. It's a quarantine. You never leave the house. You gotta have MacWeldon sweats. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code DING. That's promo code DING, D-I-N-G
2: edge tells them they're robbing the money plane it has a billion in crypto Andy loves it edge will be mr monroe a digital human trafficker that isabella killed in moscow last year
3: there's a flashback to that scene which is isabella riding up
2: to a parked car in a parking lot and shooting a dude in the face i didn't know if this guy's name was trey or dre and i never cared to look it up but the black guy trey okay He'll be the right-hand man on the plane. Isabella will be a flight attendant. Andy Lawrence will be his main man on the ground. Yeah, clearly no one gave Andrew Lawrence notes on delivery because he's the director.
1: As soon as I saw this scene, I asked, is this everyone's first movie? I already don't like this Iggy guy. Just everything about him, I was like, this dude is a fucking prick. Not not the character, the person playing him.
2: (laughs) I wrote... Him being his main man on the ground had big, hey, bucko, I need you to be dad's special helper today and hold the ruler energy. Yeah, it was super weird for him to give himself that part. But also, like, I think he needed a part where he wasn't doing a whole lot. I guess. Andy's pissed. The plan is for Edge to take over flying the plane while Isabella searches the vault.
3: Yeah, they have this basically visualization of their plan going perfectly. (laughs) And the sets, I mean, like, it is... They walk right into the cockpit, right into the vault, right into the server room. No resistance. They'll parachute out. No one will notice they were there. Edge and his daughter
2: are pillow fighting. Denise Richards sends her to bed. Zero tension here.
3: She still can't act her way out of a paper bag after all these years. I mean, she looks like fucking Meryl Streep next to this dude.
1: Yo, let me tell you something. First of all, Jesus, Denise Richards. Not only her face, her voice.
2: She was dating Charlie Sheen for a long time.
1: Oh, my God. What was she eating? Is she eating raw cocaine? Tire I think blood. she looks
2: great considering she was with Charlie Sheen for as long as she was. Oh, man. Why she devil? He fallen upon hard times. Edge and his child have the chemistry of two strangers 40 years apart who just met. He's reading her Robin Hood for some
3: heavy moral exposition. So <laughs> it's okay to steal if it's someone bad.
1: Mace. I called it bedtime exposition
2: <laughs> <laughs> daddy will you read me a bedtime exposition this kid just falls directly asleep when the mom walks in lights are <laughs> on everything she just finished a sentence mom walks in kids asleep like fucking narcolepsy
3: future callback on the robin hood by the way edge is having a weird dream about the rumble he's thinking about what the rumble said earlier like verbatim except it's different footage of kelsey Grammer, but he's still smoking a cigar except he's inside now
2: oh he's smoking the fuck out of that cigar he's smoking his ass off he's going to town on that cigar
3: kelsey grammar's cigars probably were
2: like a third of the budget <laughs> he probably probably had to bring his own <laughs> they probably like bought him a black and mild he's like no, no no i'll just go grab my own yeah he's having a weird dream he can't sleep he sees headlights sweep by the place he pulls a gun out of the dresser we see him with his shirt off so he can show off the abs. Then Thomas Jane was sneaking in. They're all good now. And he says, Remind me again, why did you make me your daughter's godfather? And I wrote, Thomas the Exposition Tank Engine. <laughs> godfather <laughs> Exposition.
1: I, I like Thomas the t-
2: Exposition.
1: <laughs> I like that.
2: That's good. Wrote the note, he's wearing the fuck out of some gray stubble. He looks old, but man, I, I think it's working for him. I love Thomas Jane. All right, he's smoking a pipe in the backyard, mm-hmm. which I liked. Not weed, right? Like, that's just a weird little plastic tobacco pipe. I think it's just tobacco. Like fucking, you know, the wizard from Lord of the Rings. Edge was one of the best poker players back in the day. Then he got greedy, and him losing was the best thing that ever happened to him. I'll
3: tell you what he's stuffing in that pipe. Raw exposition. By the way,
1: <laughs> when Edge gets up from his bad dream, He reaches for a gun that's just in the drawer. I said, no child safety in this household. None. Like, it's just right there.
2: Had the same thought. Thomas Jane says that he has great instincts. By the way, we never see these poker instincts ever again. He loses.
1: (laughs) He (laughs) loses.
3: He loses.
2: (laughs) He loses to a drunk cowboy. You were the best. One of the best. What a downgrade. He won't come with the edge this time. And I wrote, he's basically trying to set up Money Plane 2, letting them know he'll do more if he's uh, paid more. It felt like Thomas James was just like, I feel like they tried to put him on the crew and on the plane. He's like, I'm not doing all that. You got four hours to shoot my scenes. That's it.
3: Not this time, buddy. I got this thing about planes. Hey, coming from the youngest major general in the United States <laughs> Air Force. Hell, I would have made a
2: lieutenant if I didn't quit to run around the world with you. He's going to look into the museum job that went wrong. And I wrote, that was supposed to be a museum? Something seems off about that. That's <laughs> what I
3: found out. <laughs> the dentist office was a museum. He says if anything goes wrong, he's
2: a phone call away. How would he do anything on the money plane if he got called? I don't know. Also, they cut to the terminal with the money plane. It says money plane terminal, undisclosed location. I wrote, but then how did they get there?
1: First of all, second of all, undisclosed location. That's a full on airport. That's not an airstrip. You can't hide that. That's a full on airport with TSA and like shops and duty free. Right. I mean, it is an airport. It has an aerial shot of an airport. Long Beach is more subtle and and (laughs) indescript than this thing.
2: We found out Trey's name, uh, his identity for this is going to be Mr. McGillicuddy. They're
3: checking in to the plane in what looks like backstage at a high school play.
1: Yes, yes, it does.
3: (laughs) And they store all the guns in a bucket. In a bucket!
1: it looks like it looks like snl
2: it does yeah right
1: it looks like an snl sketch like just the set and you know how they just walk up and yes just drop it in the bucket we'll figure out who owns what later
2: it looks like an snl sketch but cheaper yes when i find out that trey's name is mr mcgillicuddy i said will he get found out who he really is you never know
3: (laughs) i see
1: what you did there
2: yeah i was annoyed that i
3: had to type mcgillicuddy a bunch of times after this
1: when he said McGillicuddy, I legit, now I'm at a place in life where when people in popular culture in movies, well, I shouldn't call this popular culture because I don't think it was popular, but in in movies, oh, and I shouldn't call it culture either because it definitely <laughs> wasn't culture.
2: So, what are you in left movie- with? Yeah, what are we left with? What do we call this?
1: In movies and, you know, songs, or whatever, when they make references to something that is, I mean, McGillicuddy that's a very Levitard show reference right right is it beyond the pale to imagine that whoever wrote this that
2: Andy Lawrence listens to Levitard
1: I mean look Daniel Baldwin does
2: I think all he listens to is cocaine
3: so you guys have experience in reaching lower tier brothers
2: Daniel Baldwin does sports radio in like Buffalo Syracuse that's why he knows (laughs) that's why he knows of Levitard Andy Lawrence does cocaine in Joey Lawrence's guest house and works on his screenplays. Okay. I think there's a difference here than Daniel Baldwin and Andy Lawrence. But Roy, see if you can get Andy Lawrence on (laughs) left.
1: Or whatever that show is called
2: now. Oh yeah. Whatever that's going to be. Save that for when you guys go to fill in option here they have digital wallet wristbands and i wrote it's a lot like firefest and then i asked the question would you guys go if they had a firefest too? i think i would at this point i think <laughs> i'd trust it <laughs> you know they would have learned from so many of their mistakes yeah they can't get it wrong like this
3: twice right
1: what you think firefest could not firefest it twice
2: firefest in the sky Too fire too fest what do we think
1: All right, keep going, keep going.
2: (laughs) This dude in the mustache just said, nice, really nice.
3: Yeah, there's a bunch of weird-looking people on this plane, and that's when I start thinking that it really doesn't look that big. (laughs) Right. And Joey Lawrence is a concierge, but when he introduces himself, he says, concierge. Yeah, he's
1: never never actually said that word.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's never said that word before. He's never
1: said that word in his life.
2: I can't stress enough how low-rent the set is for the fake plane. Like, the budget... Could not been have been more than like eight hundred dollars for set design. You know, I went back and forth the whole
3: time. Apparently, that
2: is a plane. No, fuck out of here. That's a plane.
3: Ah, uh, you know, no, we, we can get to this no. later. I guess absolutely not.
1: Are you telling us something that you found from research, Maze, or are you just guessing?
3: The trivia they said they got a plane. That's all. I, that's all I say. It doesn't
2: look like it. No, they they fucking lied. They lied. Oh, crop dust. That is an apartment in Burbank.
1: Then nice. Not even Burbank. Reseda. Burbank is too close to actual (laughs) Hollywood.
2: All right. The mustache guy really wants Isabella.
1: Okay. All right. This is the guy. Hold on.
2: This is the guy that you're talking about. Because because Fat Baker Mayfield. Hold on. Is it Ivan? Vertelli? I don't know. I just called him Fat Baker Mayfield the whole time. Okay. Hold
1: on. Okay, Okay. There's a couple of things. So the first dude, Ivan with the red sweater and the gold chain says
2: i called him one chains
1: when he says can i give you a nice tip so we can be friends this dude has never gotten pussy in his life right and because he's the same dude that says ah, what's up with the ratio where are the ladies and so then joey lauren says don't worry you know the, the staff is a staff you can't say that but we have entertainment for you and he claps his hands and the lights go purple and uh, the girls come out. And I said, wait, are these girls and the lights guy waiting for the cue to be a clap for them to come out and for the lights to change?
2: Yeah, clap on, clap off. But then pretty short after, the lights are back. Yes. It's a normal. Oh, the, the next cut.
1: And so this is the best part. So the girls come and sit in the laps say hi, guys, with the bimbo talk in the movies that never happens in real life. And Ivan says, wait. Hey. This is amazing. Holy shit. And I wrote, please let that be his one line in the whole movie. (laughs) I just wanted those to be his only words. Holy shit. Leave it at that.
2: The man who runs the house says there's zero tolerance for cheating on this flight. Yeah, that guy's from The Sopranos. He's the bookkeeper. says no fighting, no murder, no dismemberment unless it's part of an event. There you go. Plane takes off and... Who I called One Chains, or the guy that means they've got no pussy, says, Now that is a smooth takeoff. And I said, Yeah, it's almost like they were in a studio apartment in Glendale and not some plane. Again,
1: Glendale is too close. You gotta be at Alhambra closest.
2: <laughs> Lounge and sports book are introduced. It has cocaine. Then the casino floor has traditional casino fare, like a poker table and cocaine.
3: It's the exact
2: same room, but with a poker table. And then they have a guest room with a shower and bed. We don't see it. And cocaine.
1: (laughs) And we don't see the shower or the bed. That's true.
2: Yeah, also, I was trying to figure out, all right, this is clearly a shotgun layout because it's a plane. Where are these rooms?
1: You know, in the plane, somewhere. (laughs) In the aft. That's that's plane terminology.
2: The babes are not for sale, but the hookers come out, as you mentioned. Mustache loves it. Concierge also breaks the fourth wall, looks right at us. (laughs) He does. Joey Lawrence looks right into the camera.
3: What did you call him, Maze?
2: The concierge? Yeah, there you go. Thank you. All right, Texas Hold'em is about to begin on the main casino floor.
1: No, it's not. Because it's about to begin as Texas Exposition. <laughs> 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 Holy shit, the exposition <laughs> in this scene. <laughs> in well-done movies, each actor gets a folder about their character, their name, where they're from, their motivations. Everyone literally took turns reading each other's folder.
3: Yeah, they mixed up the folders <laughs> yeah.
2: So then they had to like, well, I don't know I don't know what my character does. All right I like also love
3: that uh, yeah. Trey and Edge they talk and they're like, "I need to find the server room. I need to take control of the cockpit." So they walk right up to a poker table.
2: So we find out that the creepy dude is one of the biggest arms dealers. We get exposition on how he armed Iraq with nukes, but he was acquitted by the UN for something. Sure. The mustache grabs Isabella's arm. She'll kill him at some point, I wrote. <laughs> she
1: says, can I get you a drink? And he says, I said, holy shit, guy gets a second line. Gin. <laughs> <laughs> and then he grabs her arm. And then I said, holy shit, guy gets a third line. You seem to like it. <laughs> and then as she walks away and Edge tries to play Captain save Despite being a human trafficker.
2: I actually like this. Hold on.
1: A gay guy comes up and asks him, Well, can I get you to drink, sir? And holy shit, slaps the fuck out of him. He Hits him. the fuck
2: out of him.
1: And the guy starts crying. <laughs>
3: It's wrong, but it's so funny.
2: (laughs) It's so bad. It's just. This scene is out of control, man.
1: I don't know if he's gay, by the way. I should say an effeminate, man. I don't know if he's actually gay.
2: But the arms dealer has a point, I wrote. Oh, I'm with you, Zach. The human trafficker has an issue with Fat Baker Mayfield hitting on a
3: flight attendant. And he says if the trafficked humans had his guns, they wouldn't be forced into labor. Touché. Yeah. He's kind of an honest arms dealer. Well, he sold his first weapon before he lost his virginity, Zach. So, he's a tradesman. Well, that that could have
2: been a week before filming. That's, that's all we know. <laughs> yeah,
1: for real. <laughs> such a weird exchange.
2: We get a dealing and betting montage with the poker game. And then I realized I was about to get mad at them for smoking on the flight. And Then I realized they're, they're in international airspace, and anything goes. And then I wrote all of this just for some fucking poker. Where is the alligator fucking? That's what I'm saying. Also, they didn't even get the dealing correct for Texas Hold'em. At one point,
3: the concierge comes by, says, quite the game, and the music changes.
2: (laughs) Tension. Matthew Matthew Lawrence calls an all-in bet from Edge. He feels alive, and he wins the bet. And I wrote, he's kind of acting his ass off a little bit. Howdy, folks!
1: Who is this Yosemite (laughs) Sam-ass motherfucker? (laughs) This is the worst fake mustache ever.
2: It's terrible! No, he's acting his ass off. The mustache... Is hanging on for dear life. Mr. J.R. Crockett. I, I put
1: some because I heard someone call him J.R. Crockett and I said, ha, that's a funny, like disrespectful way to call him. And then he identifies himself as J.R. Crockett, and I'm like,
2: wait, this is serious? That's not all, because Edge is going to to a room to to rest. McGillicuddy's gonna get the funds and play for him. And <laughs> Matthew Lawrence says the line, Well, you know I'm a Texan. And I wrote, I wrote, this is the best exposition movie we've ever had. Text exposition! Exposition plan, exposition.
1: The music playing during the poker montage is amazing. And then the other part was the woman playing. She has the worst poker face ever.
3: Ever, ever, ever,
2: ever. ever. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Fat Baker gets down to the hall of the plane where Isabella is.
3: Hey, honey. You're not supposed to be down here.
1: Rules were meant to be fucked. You want to get fucked. Real bounce back by holy shit guy.
2: She takes a drag off his cigarette, drops the cigarette, tells him to leave. He wants to know what's in the bag she's holding. There's a lot of close talking. I wrote this dude's kind of acting his ass off. I'm in on his character. I think his character has the most depth out of anyone not Kelsey Grammer. Matthew Lawrence picks Russian roulette for the next event.
3: Yeah, because he said he wants vodka. Yeah. As a tease,
2: the house manager announces the game and introduces J.R. Crockett as the undefeated champion of Russian roulette. And I'm like,
3: yeah, of course he is. He's alive. Of course he's undefeated. He starts monologuing his ass off. I can't lose. I can't be beat. <laughs> I finally
1: realized this is what I sound like when I boast to people how good I am at casino war.
3: Yes,
2: it is.
1: Like, that's what I, I'm like, oh, that's why people look <laughs> at me like that.
2: And then I figured out that the concierge is Joey Lawrence. I did not know it was him this whole time.
1: <laughs> the other part that struck me was when he said, you got balls of steel, amigo. And I just thought to myself, he talks like the scene in Horrible Bosses too when they're calling in the ransom. <laughs>
0: the roughest, toughest, coarsest rope in two. our <laughs> rope inventory.
1: <laughs> That's exactly how he talks.
2: We got your boy.
1: That mixture between sedecus <laughs> and Charlie Day.
3: Yeah isn't he? Yeah, i partner.
1: <laughs> Charlie Day. Is, <laughs> it is, they have to tell him to tone it back.
2: he <laughs> says, Duncan, says like, like Southerner, not Prospector.
3: Yo, you guys are going to laugh because in the future Patreon episode where we did all the golden dumpsters, when we get the horrible bosses too, it's just you two going back and forth giggling so hard you can't even say the lines from horrible bosses two for like three and a half minutes man
2: that's one of the funniest movies i've ever seen it really is like i i i've never gotten like bored of that movie i the jokes have never like fallen flat for me at any point like i laugh every single time i watch that movie i wish uh, we were watching that movie
1: <laughs> he's like i got it he writes it
2: on the board it's
1: like it's that
2: kidnapping. What? No, oh, it's, it's not. Kidnapped. With one more P, it is. Well, whatever the fuck it, however the fuck you spell it. <laughs> I mean, are you back in your notes right now?
1: Ah, uh, no, man. I pulled that one up up oh, the record okay. because yeah. I was watching it the other day. But now that you mention it,
3: no, no, we're not doing uh, this again.
1: <laughs> no, man. We, we, I, I'm sorry. I gotta do this.
3: Fucking
2: McDonald's. There's literally a Patreon episode coming out where you guys do this. We don't need to do. <laughs> That's a good teaser there, man. Patreon.com slash Count the Dings. If you want to hear me and Amin, just laugh over Horrible Bosses 2 lines the whole time. How often are you having a conversation with friends, colleagues, whatever, and a subject comes up and you have to, like, look something up? A question, really, on the internet, and you're like, wow, this is really going to look bad in my browser history. It happens to me a lot probably on a weekly basis, probably every time I'm preparing for this very podcast. I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you just use the incognito mode? Let me tell you something, incognito mode is crap. It does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browser history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. Yeah, Even that one. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon, Comcast, AT&T, ISPs in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers, so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background and is so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, tap, tap... And you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV, so there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash dings, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash dings, expressvpn.com slash dings to learn more. You get back to money plane. Yeah, I guess so. So the concierge, concierge
3: offers 20 to 1 odds. I'm like, is that that one of them will lose? Isn't that a 50-50 bet? Like, how did not every single person on this plane? <laughs> Jump, Jump on, on that. that!
2: I know.
1: I mean, he is undefeated, though. So
2: yeah, it's yeah, true. He is undefeated. Uh, Cro-
1: Trey's <laughs> never
3: never played before. This dude's undefeated.
2: Trey's got to go first. Mister McGinnickuddy. Crockett gave him a, an empty offer that he'd go first. Now they're arguing about who goes first. Crockett grabs the gun, says, "Oh goddamn
3: it! Give me the fucking gun!
2: I can't lose!" And then blows his brains out. <laughs> Some woman gets Gallaghered with brains all over her face. It's okay though. Everybody's wearing clear ponchos and is unaffected by it.
1: She's taking it to the face before Zach.
2: (laughs) Isabella brings food to the pilot. Edge knocks him out. Sexual tension? Between her and the corpse? People are into some weird things.
3: Isabella is complaining about her shoes, and I said, that's some good writing right there.
2: That is good writing, for sure. Edge didn't plan for a co-pilot after he knocks the pilot out.
1: How's
3: he shocked that there's a (laughs) co-pilot? So he knocks this dude out. He goes in the cockpit backwards. (laughs) backwards (laughs) before he realizes there's another guy turns around he says fucking co-pilot and this dude's
2: massive this dude's gotta be like six six
1: speaking of six six he's got a strong mano going on in the back of his hair
2: he does he really does
1: i mean that shit was shining
2: they're fighting in the cockpit awkwardly the plane starts tilting edge is beating up the co-pilot this movie's half over and it's flying by
1: i really did enjoy
2: money plane how? Flying by.
1: No, I know. I, I was trying to just steamroll past it. That it was not a long movie.
2: Yeah, we know you hate that. Isabella brings Train Earpiece, co pilots fish hooking edge at one point he's not quite dead yet (laughs) i'm not quite dead the co-pilot is not acting his ass off because every time he gets punched it looks like he's having a seizure
1: the co-pilot for a pilot he's very well trained in hand-to-hand combat considering he's fighting against someone who is
2: best pilots in the world uh hello he flies the fucking money plane that's a good point no that's a good point andy lawrence setting stuff up on the ground it's not going well the concierge kills someone for cheating with an ace up their sleeve leads trey to the next event wait no wait, wait, wait. Wait, no no you're no, skipping no. ahead what? here
1: you you skipped the part where trey is trying to find the server room and decides the best way to do this surreptitiously is to walk like a fucking cartoon character dun-dum, 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 like tiptoes t-rex hands big steps wide eyes i said was the watermelon and fried chicken too much for the budget? Oh
3: boy! Ah, Mister Luck of the Irish himself. Yes. There's also a scene where Iggy is detangling a bunch of wires on a patch of dirt in the middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah, he's playing with his his uh Dick. his knife. Oh, by the way, how do you guys eat a banana?
3: Not with a knife. Yeah, you don't open a banana with a knife. I don't peel
2: it open with a knife. I'll tell you that.
1: But the other thing was that he literally unpeeled the entire banana and pulled out all the banana out of the banana peel. No,
2: that's crazy. You're going to get your hands all like that shit all over your hands.
1: God gave you the perfect kind of like shawarma. You don't have to ever get your hands dirty when you eat this thing. And
2: yet. You know what my favorite ABC comedy from the 90s was? Family Matters. Shawarma and Greg.
1: By ABC. Do you mean Arabic broadcast channel?
3: When we were in Chicago, I actually got into a fairly heated argument about how to open a banana with I think Jane Kim and Benny, because they open it from the bottom. Bottom? I'd never seen that before, but they said it's like that's the best way to do it. No. No, 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 no,
1: no. Look, the stem at the top is a nice gives you nice leverage from a physics standpoint to crack it. Yes, and then peel down.
3: That's what you would think, yeah.
1: No, that's not. not that's what I know. That's what I know.
3: This is not a debate.
1: Yes. Dane and Benny are, are insane. They
3: were furious at me. I mean, like, there is
2: one fucking way to eat a banana. You have a zero tolerance banana policy, act? I do. I absolutely do. All right. Dude gets killed. <laughs> Theme adventures are about to begin. Yeah. We hear
3: another ding and he goes, oh my, it's almost time for our first themed adventure on the flight. I don't know. Joey Lawrence is low key
2: acting his ass off right now. He has no idea what he's betting on, but he bets 17. In 17 minutes, and it's Man versus Cobra. Future Cinephone. We cut to a TV of a dude in a cell. Uh, that's when the Rumble calls Edge. He's checking in. He mocks him with cool code names, wants to be called the Colonel.
1: When he calls Kelsey Grammer, he's listening to the most trap hip-hop music ever. Was he listening to Pop Smoke? I don't know. But it was not congruent with Kelsey Grammer until you remember that Kelsey Grammer was the executive producer of such shows like Girlfriends. Kelsey Grammer ex executive to produce a shit ton of black TV shows. Don't ask me why.
2: I want my damn money, Jack. He wants a camera with a live feed set up. The tiniest little spy camera is placed on the dash. Cheer up. You look pissed. Ha! And then the guy dies from the Cobra in 16 minutes. McGillicuddy wins again.
1: Where was the snake? Because you never... I looked hard. I didn't see no snake on the screen. And then at one point, the snake hisses. They literally could not even go on YouTube to just, like, download snake hiss.
2: No, it was someone going.
1: It was not someone. It was Andrew Lawrence. Get in the booth. And just go.
2: It was so bad. Now they're watching two dudes sitting at a table. One of them murders the other with a sledgehammer. Split win between uh, McGillicuddy and the woman. Yeah, so I think she's
3: counting up to 200 grand. And then there's like a buzzer and one guy raises his hand. And the other guy chops it off with an axe. And Mia Yamada says, when I was
2: young, I chopped off arms for free
3: sexual tension exposition
2: edge here's trey puke tells them to pull together and go hack the server uh andy lawrence sets up the gear on the ground with some kind of satellite type thing it looks like an erector set (laughs) now they're betting on a guy being eaten by piranhas in the water mcg wins with a strip to the bone in one minute 50 seconds
3: how did he have time to bet he was puking did you guys see
1: the corpse yes Did you pause? I, if you haven't watched the movie yet, I want you to, when this scene comes up just pause and take a look at what is clearly just a very rudimentary dummy. It reminded me of the family guy where Peter was jealous that Joe was getting all these accolades. Uh, so he decided to try and sell his own life story to the network. Because uh, Joe like won in the Paralympics or something. So Peter tried to sell his life story to the networks, and he did it by faking him getting hit by a car. But when they slowed down the video, he's driving the car. And the thing he hit was literally just a straw man wearing Peter's shirt and pants and glasses. And that's
2: exactly what the corpse looked like. Well, this is the point where Andy Lawrence eats a banana with a knife.
3: Then we get a little Iggy's board montage, and he says, this job sucks.
2: I don't know if they're filming his scene or if it's just a candid shot of him directing Money Plane where he says that. Yeah, this is the writer and director of the movie. Isabella gets caught by a guard in the hole of the plane. She says to block communication so Edge starts playing music over the PA. This is like a homeless
3: version of the Rolling Stones.
1: And my man, holy shit, loves this song.
3: Loves
2: it.
1: But as soon as that shit comes on, he starts bopping his head like, yeah, go
2: ahead. Isabella tries to seduce the guard. She starts dancing on some cargo straps, then stabs him with a heel.
1: Why does this always happen in action movies? When does this ever happen when a girl that you caught doing something wrong throws you the pussy and you actually catch it?
2: She threw her heel and it got stuck in his arm. (laughs) That's what happened. That
1: really hurt. I'm going to have a lump there, you idiot. Who throws
2: a shoe? Honestly.
1: And then she rips his ears off.
2: Yes, he starts beating the shit out of her manhandling her, and then she rips his ears off and knocks him out.
1: She ripped his ears off. Both of them. Yes, at the same time.
2: Suck on that, Mike Tyson. The safe is different than what their Wouldn't intel, their intel bite said. Bite on that,
1: Mike Tyson? Chew on that, Mike Tyson?
2: She's Suck be- on that. Like it's Just a little. Oh, hard. For- uh, she's gonna need more time but then uses the guard's bracelet to unlock the safe jackpot
1: i need more time wait never mind psych
2: i like that they sped that shit up i appreciate that
1: yeah shout out to andrew lawrence
2: she's gonna help packing it up trace tries to sneak away and the women want him to do shots and then I wrote seriously, the stars role in this movie is to just sit there while everyone else does the action.
3: Yeah, he's just sitting in the cockpit making repeated phone calls, and it reminds me of Spence in the fifth season of Ballers, especially because they're both <laughs> jacked wrestlers in suits.
1: <laughs> Spence in his best.
3: What's the end game, Spence?
1: You made Levitar sound too cool there. What's the end game, Spence?
2: What's the end game, Spence? Uh, what is the end game, Spence? I may just cut in the scene for Ballers when I do my impression. Thomas Jane calls about the botch museum job. Apparently the Rumble owns the company that owns the museum. Why would he have you steal the painting he already
0: owns? Well, there's more. The painting was transferred out of the museum. The night before the heist, the museum was tipped. That sounds like a setup.
2: edge explains the museum was a step to everybody else stay alert and stay alive they moved the duffel bag roughly three feet and now they're ready to go back up yeah it was like hey we got to, we got to move this stuff and then they just they just put it against the wall
3: like oh we should go back and and make another appearance people will get
2: suspicious right like man you never go back we never see them go back that's when fat baker mayfield uh, sees them exit together the rumble is torturing a guy and he yells don't you piss don't you piss yourself
1: acting his ass off
2: <laughs> of course he is
1: right then i said golden dumpster
3: i was just happy to see him again honestly yeah
1: at the point where the edge calls him he answers the phone but then he looks back at the dude very annoyed and i was like yo yo he shushes him he shushes him but then he's still staring at him while he's trying to (laughs) listen to the call from jack or whatever
2: edge updates him on the job then mentions the museum job rumble says they're looking into it still props henchman then shoots the guy and kelsey's mad you fucked up my terracotta this stuff is porous
0: don't
1: you get that for
2: god's sake it's a bitch it's never going to come out. It's going to stain.
3: I love this. They
1: ripped us all off from American Gangster.
3: Send his ass home. Hey, 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 hey. On, don't rub go. on that. You block that. You understand? That's alpaca. That's $25,000
0: alpaca.
2: You block that shit. Right. You don't rub it. Put the club soda on there. Thomas Jane is playing video games with the daughter. and He's reminded of something that happened in Brazil, which never comes back. Remember Brazil? This is just like I Am Wrath.
3: What happened to Brazil? We
2: don't know.
1: That's what she said. Literally,
2: arms dealer and Fat Baker stock Trey into the secret area with the server. He's hacking the server. Transfers in progress. Isabella tells them to go back upstairs, but Fat Baker is going to fight her. Arms dealer walks into the server room. He says, "Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar?"
1: <laughs> Trey says, "Who me?" And my man says, "Yeah, you." And Trey doesn't do the couldn't be. <laughs> It's such an obvious setup. Why wouldn't you go all the way through with it?
2: Here's why. Because you had to cut to the next shot, which is, and I cannot stress this enough, that you guys should put this movie on and get to the point where Fat Baker Mayfield is trying to throw punches. It is the most unnatural motion I've ever seen.
1: I don't know if he says something or if it's just this action, but at this juncture, I decided, holy shit, just one golden dumpster. Sorry, Kelsey.
3: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Flip flopper. Just snatch
1: that crown off his head.
3: He chokes her. She says she likes it. She likes it. She moves his hand down to her tit for like a good three seconds while he squeezes it, and then she
2: breaks his thumb. I would love side by side clips of Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible, where he does the, he cocks the arms, right? Was it Rogue Nation or? Oh, it was Rogue Nation. It was the latest one because Fat Baker Mayfield kind of does something similar, but it looks a whole lot different. I would love a side-by-side of those two things right there.
1: I'll take care of the guy. And he says, with pleasure. You really want to do this? Okay, then, bitch. Here comes Daddy. That's the line. <laughs> That's the line right there. Here comes Daddy. As he rolls up his sleeves in the Henry Cable and Rogue Nation style.
2: She breaks bottles on him, then stabs the shit out of him with the bottles. Meanwhile, the arms dealer is fucking up Trey. He throws him into a server, and a CD-ROM tray popped out, and I just started laughing.
1: Party like it's 1999.
2: Da, da. 20th century, bitch. Yeah, for real. That is a 20th century bitch moment. Isabella <laughs> kicks the arms dealer into the server and electrocutes him for some reason? Yeah, this was weak as fuck. He did not act his ass off in this. Can you
1: even be electrocuted like that?
2: No! no! Thanks, guys. I could stick my dick in a server; it's not going to be electrocuted. It's going to get me free apps at Applebee's. All right, someone (laughs) is shooting. (laughs) I was going to say clip it, then I realized the original. (laughs) All right, someone's shooting at Andy Lawrence now. Two guys capture him. There's like seven
3: thugs at him.
1: Who are these people who so unsurely wield firearms?
3: They've been set up by the rumble, mean. The first dude
1: is holding a rifle. He looks like he he can shoot. Everybody else is holding a gun kind of like from the top. They look like they've never held a gun in their life. Water pistol, nothing.
2: Including Edge. When he first gets tossed the gun outside of the dentist's office. He looks, like he, he looks like he's holding a stapler.
3: <laughs> exactly, yeah.
2: The transfer is messed up. Now they're going to have to download the transfer in a different way.
3: Why? It's okay, because they have a plan B, I mean. They know it's a setup. Why don't they just
2: take the cash and the I drugs and run? Edge mentions plan B, and I wrote, ah, like the opening. Get it? Thomas Jane just shot one of the guys captured Andy Lawrence with a drone holding a gun. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> It's, what it's like, the fuck guys it's
1: like that have you guys ever seen that video of a crab holding a, a knife
2: yes, yes that's exactly what it's like
1: that's what it looks like also i don't know if you guys noticed when uh andy lawrence gets into the firefight but the muzzle flashes are so fake oh my
2: god they're so bad
1: i swear if you pause it it'll say bang on them
3: <laughs>
2: they're gonna do a little shootout Andy shoots two of the guys. Thomas Jane takes out the other four guys with the drone that has a gun taped to it. At one point, he punches
3: through a pile of rocks and shoots the guy. Like he's like, Oh, look, I can just punch through it. And it's like 15 feet that he punches through. Right. And when the, when the drone is just wobbling around there with this gun and then just caps four
2: people in the head, they don't move because what it did was they don't shoot back. It targeted like it, like he was Iron Man. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like this is no regular drone. Man. And then you look at the drone and it's like not meant to hold a gun. Have you ever like handled a drone before? You know how much expertise you would have to have in order to pull that off with a gun taped to it? You
1: know what Thomas Jane did in Brazil? Nigga, you think <laughs> flying a drone is hard.
2: <laughs> All right. The rumble calls Edge again Edge puts him on hold with elevator music
0: Hey, I remind you who you work for I've been up here above the clouds and I don't know, it's given me some perspective I've been thinking What if I don't work for you? What if you were actually just a little bitch? And what if this money wasn't actually yours anymore? Are you really fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? You think you're badass, Yeah The criminals on this plane would eat you alive On this plane you're a dime a dozen, colonel
3: How would Edge know about the criminals on the plane? He's been in the goddamn cockpit the whole time (laughs) He talked to an arms dealer
2: for two minutes
1: (laughs) For real? They really made my man Trey do all the fucking work
2: Yes, Trey and Isabella are the heroes of the movie Trey's the only one who's risking his fucking life in every scene
3: Mr. McGillicuddy Feels like a Two Americas thing
1: You damn right it
0: is I don't give a fuck who's on that plane I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. I am Darius Grouch the Third, the Rumble, and I am taking down the money plane. Now bring
3: me my money. Woo-ee. I just wrote, says his name again, says money plane again.
1: <laughs> and that right there, ladies and gentlemen in a rare double reversal
3: no, the golden dumpster goes
1: back to Kelsey Grammer he said your character is dead and that's when I saved my best fucking line he delivered that shit with so much (laughs) fucking class and poise I believe that shit that's not Kelsey Grammer anymore that's Oscar the Grouch the third
2: (laughs) sure Oscar the Grouch the third I was born in a fucking trash can Edge puts it back on hold rubble says time to burn down the village then thomas jane's cooking pasta yeah why not why not bad guys are converging on the house they weekly try to copy some john wick action in the house jane takes them all out
3: this dumb fucking assault team just shines their bright flashlights in the window yeah
1: there's a part where there's someone shooting at him with a rifle and he's kind of hiding behind like a, a wall or you know kind of a doorway or whatever
2: no no no. it's not it's not that it's it's not a wall it's like literally a cabinet door
1: right and so when he pops out to shoot the dude after like the fire pauses i'm thinking he's gonna pop out pop like this motherfucker popped out and then fucking aims <laughs> like he's shooting at the fucking target range <laughs> i mean like takes his time and i'm like what are you doing asshole he's standing still the gun's not even aimed
2: my next note, Thomas Jane wears the hell out of a vest. Better or worse than The Rock? Oh, no, no, The Rock. The Rock's going to take that home. I
1: don't think anyone wears a vest as good as The Rock. Other than short Italian security managers at Vegas nightclubs. That's true. Bearded and with the gel in their hair. Donald Paisa! Donald Paisa. <laughs> yeah, them motherfuckers, you win. You take the cake at wearing vests. Vest and a shirt and a tie, but no jacket? Little earpiece? Y'all motherfuckers win, man. But number two on that list is The Rock, and number three is Thomas Jane
3: in the scene.
2: Edge gets uh, off his ass and joins the team in the hole. Yeah, he finally engages
3: autopilot. He could have just been doing that the whole time. I guess he had to fly it into range to get the erector set, satellite, transfer, or whatever, but it seems to me like he could have autopiloted.
1: Shout out to the concierge who never once checked to see if everything was okay. When this plane was barrel rolling and and doing all types of wild (laughs) ass shit.
2: They're going to donate the money to UNICEF, refugees in Syria, whomever. Like Robin Hood, you guys. Oh, like the book.
1: They're coming up with this plan on the fucking fly. Right there. Right on the spot. They're coming up with this plan.
3: Also, he can just do it from his phone, which is chill a couple of seconds. They're putting on backpacks that I think we're supposed to believe are parachutes.
1: No, they're going backpacking through Europe.
2: None of them want the cash. Edge calls the rumble. He repeats the every job has three critical parts speech.
3: Except he adds you need a proper diversion to number two that wasn't there before that wasn't
1: part of the original
2: tells the rumble about giving the money away the rumble threatens him now edge plays for the entire money plane when the rumble said he doesn't care who's on that plane he's taking it down
1: i want to point out right now that the skype connection that they are using stunning is so flawless for plane kind of satellite i don't know if you've ever used gogo on air Oh, it's awful. Look, I'm sitting right here in my Death Star studio with a dedicated hardwire line. There is no other device other than the TV I just turned on right now to queue up to Money Plane and find that little scene that is using internet in this house. And even then, my internet connection on this call is fucking iffy. And these motherfuckers are using video and audio while one motherfucker is on a plane in international waters. Airspace. And that shit is Four fucking K.
2: Unbelievable. It's incredible. Concierge tells the bad guys that the Rumble's head will be on a platter by the time they land. The house will cover any lost funds. New wager on when they get notice of the Rumble's death. That's a good insurance policy they got on the money plane. It is. It's actually a pretty good business if you think Brilliant. about it. Like there. It's really well done. Yeah.
1: House never loses. Always remember that, guys.
2: Last job to do will be getting the painting.
3: Yeah, we get this fantastic celebratory dialogue here we just did that first time for everything we never did get that painting well i guess we have one last last job to do payback's a bitch then
2: he kicks open the plane door
3: (laughs) this is not how physics
2: works this this is my
1: my favorite part of this
2: movie (laughs) he flies out the door and they're pretending to struggle with getting sucked out of the plane they like turned on a small fan. I mean, do you want to do you want to describe how they jump out of the plane?
1: Whatever set they had built <laughs> was approximately five to seven inches off the floor, <laughs> because these guys are pretending they're jumping out of a plane, but instead they just kind of hop gingerly forward. <laughs> Apparently, they couldn't afford, a, 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 like, a mattress either.
3: Sometimes they're struggling to walk, but other times, they're just walking normally. I
2: think there's a point where they realize, oh, shit, we're going to have to jump out of this plane at some point. How do we pull this off from a visual standpoint? And they're like, what if it became nighttime?
1: Yeah. Just make it pitch black outside.
2: They, yeah, they jump in a pitch black outside.
1: They hop gingerly. They don't jump. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. gingerly. <laughs> That is the jump of someone who knows ground is right there.
2: When you were a kid and you were trying to avoid stepping on a crack on the sidewalk, you jumped higher than they did getting out of this plane.
1: (laughs) Yes. With a lot more believability. Yes. A lot more suspension of disbelief (laughs) as a child jumping over a crack in the sidewalk.
3: At one point, Trey throws a shrink-wrapped wad of the dollar bills out the... Plain door, and that's a deadly weapon, guys. That could kill someone. It <laughs> could. Oh, all right. The also, Rumble f-
1: Trey, you risk more than anybody on this mission. The fuck, I'm not gonna take some of his money.
2: Uh, exactly. How do none of them want money? It's insane. The Rumble finds some kind of device under his table that Edge apparently put there. We get a flashback
3: that reminded me of the I am Wrath scene where the daughter gives him the gun, <laughs> yes. and they flash back to it and it's like clearly wasn't there the first time but in the flashback oh, we God. see it
2: I missed that movie <laughs> the props henchman wants out then the rumble shoots him
1: hold on you said the props henchman like that motherfucker doesn't have a name
3: Zach yeah what's his name I mean P Roach cut my life into pieces <laughs> this is my life
1: So the question I had, Maze, because I didn't know, is that dude actually in the band Papa Roach? Because I don't know what they look like, but I was like, maybe.
3: It's a late life renaissance for him. He's You know, he switched disciplines, but he's just an artist.
1: Is Papa Roach an artist or, or a band?
2: It's a band. The Rumble shoots him and grabs a machine gun. And then my next note, is this team of killers rolling up in a minivan? They are, and
1: they are quite quick with the reaction. Like, did they just have a wet team everywhere in the world?
2: They've got I mean, it's the money plane to me. Well, I mean, just uh, that feel like
1: they kind of tracked it down really quickly.
2: And then we get a shot of Kelsey Grammer firing this machine gun off into the distance and just screaming. Oh. A primal <laughs> scream. And I wrote, the movie ends with Rumble firing a machine gun and screaming.
3: He also whispers, Rumble time. Rumble time. time. <laughs> Rumble time.
1: The note I have written, I think it sounds like this, but I can't remember.
2: Bia! Yeah. <laughs> was it the Howard Dean. Yeah. Bia! Yeah. We're going to Michigan. Bia! <laughs> yeah. And then my next note, damn it, no, we get a three months later in instant Insta- Istanbul. Oh, not there. Constantinople. No, it's not.
1: If it's Istanbul, then it's Constantinople. <laughs>
2: Istanbul, Constantinople. All right. Uh,
1: you sound like Joey Lawrence saying concierge. <laughs> <laughs> trying to
2: say Constantinople. <laughs> a crate is opened and a canvas with a stick figure given the middle finger is pulled out. Art.
1: That is a dope fucking switcheroo. You know why? Because for a moment I was like,
2: they did all that shit for that piece of shit painting?
1: And then I was like, wait a second, no, I mean, I think this might be a switcheroo.
2: Do you think that was the same white canvas that the props henchman had that p roach had absolutely wait does p roach stand for props roach
1: (laughs) you like that maze
3: i'll
2: give you your props for that zach
1: (laughs) Maze, you thought that one was funny you didn't like that
2: no oh fuck you man oh my god (laughs) now edge is in the backyard thomas jane calls him smoking a pipe once again with an offer on the painting it's now worth 60 million dollars Split four ways ain't bad, and Edge says five ways. See in Paris. I got some fucking problems with this, okay? My note is, no, 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 no. You can take that from your cut. I want my $15 million. For
1: real, for real, for
2: real. You want to be generous, go ahead. You split your 15 with him.
1: Especially if I'm Trey. Y'all made me fucking play fucking Russian roulette. Also... We never mentioned this, but when we're watching all these people die horrible deaths in the uh, experience entertainment room or whatever, the lady who is calling out the bets is positively orgasming at every opportunity at the way these people are dying, which made me think, yo, you're just an employee. Like, who the fuck are you to be getting off on this shit with a $12 an hour ass?
2: Fucking the nerve of these hoes. We end with the family playing with the dog. Still no chemistry amongst them.
3: Why is the painting
2: outside?
3: Yeah, it's a $60 million painting. It's just sitting next to firewood, you know?
1: Why are you putting it outside in the elements, you stupid fucking uncultured
2: fuck? Credits. Not much trivia here. I only have a couple of things. My
3: favorite trivia though, despite popular belief, this movie has no connection to Money Train.
2: <laughs> despite popular belief. It's That's in great. the trivia qu- <laughs> on IMDb. Tom Arnold was originally cast as the Cowboy. Tom Berenger was also considered for the role, and it ended up with Matthew Lawrence. And Tom Arnold
3: was a Cowboy in Austin Powers. Tom Arnold would have been perfect. he had been great. Because it was kind of
1: a little bit of a silly silly character
3: inspired by heist movies such as oceans 11 airplane no, movies such as con air and their experiences no, in las vegas Producer no, switzer and connie turned to andrew lawrence lawrence proposed an airplane casino movie which switzer and connie agreed to fund after lawrence wrote a screenplay
1: no 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 that is true
3: after plans to film in romania and toronto proved unworkable the production moved to baton rouge louisiana
1: i was hoping you were gonna say alhambra california i was like oh shit
3: oh shit they were in palmdale the project's low budget and rush schedule frequently required lawrence to improvise and do adjust shooting based on which sets were available no shit we were literally building the plane set while we were shooting we picked corners of the set that were built and shot in those corners we had to do that all the time And the majority of the remaining trivia is from Ringer's Money Plane Oral History by Alan Siegel on July 14th, 2020.
1: Let me just say right now, that movie's not old enough to have an oral history. I see what you're doing, Ringer, but fuck that shit. We have to have standards. We have to have standards. We cannot do fucking oral histories for shit that just came out and is fucking awful.
3: It's just short of Edge looking down the barrel of a camera and winking at the audience, says first-time director Andrew Lawrence. What? Which we actually shot at one point, but the powers that be made me tone
2: it down a bit. Kelsey Grammer was their first choice for Darius Grouch, and they didn't expect him to accept the role. When he accepted, he said later said the role seemed like a fun, mustache-twirling kind of character.
1: Shout out to Kelsey Grammer. Like The motherfuckers is a really good actor. He's
2: really good.
1: Sometimes people get washed, and they gotta take these shitty roles, and they take them and either... Because they're washed, they're they're not good at acting anymore, or they just, they know this is a washed role, so they don't fucking put their heart into it. And Kelsey Grammer came in here and was like, I'm going to approach this like a fucking actor. Like, this is a real script. And he did that shit. Like, I really actually fucking, like, jokes aside, I respect that shit. I respect the fuck out of you, Kelsey Grammer. Be a guest on
2: Cinephobe. Yeah, Kelsey, come on.
3: Joey Lawrence, I take partial responsibility. Matt will as well, because we infused the young Andrew with marked for death and hard to kill. From the late 80s to the early 90s, we forged our way into, well, Time Cop, Passenger 57, Maybe. Murder at 1600, no Rising Sun.
1: No, you didn't. Stop naming Wesley Snipes movies. <laughs> Stop blaming black people.
3: Interestingly, no one on the production team cites the 1995 Wesley Snipes Woody Harrelson vehicle Money Train as an influence. Tyler W. Connie, I don't think I've seen Money Train. Fuck Richard you. Switzer, I also have not seen it. Fuck you. I hate this guy. Fuck
1: both of you. You guys are movie producers? Fuck both of you, unless you're going to produce my movie, which, you know.
3: Andrew Lawrence, when I was writing this role that Kelsey played, it's like a Scarface wannabe, a version of this character of a crime boss. How cool would it be to have someone with a great voice, an actor with some gravitas, just kind of iconic from films and TV? And I threw out Kelsey because of his voice. I love his voice. Switzer, who doesn't love Kelsey Grammer? We went to him first and did not think that he would really do it.
2: Zach Harper, did you write this fucking movie? You think that anybody but Nick Cage would have been in this movie that's, if i wrote it that's a, that's a good
1: ass but nick cage would not have played
3: the fuck he wouldn't have
1: no no he would not have played kelsey Grammer's character
3: he would play jack yeah absolutely kelsey Grammer. the film crossed my desk with an offer and it seemed like a fun mustache twirling kind of character that would not change my life certainly but put me in the sandbox with a new actor i like adam copeland edge that is usually one of the things i respond to in this job new people I also quite like Thomas Jane, and it was nice to work with him again. No scenes together. Adam Copeland, Edge. My mom had actually passed away the year prior, and her favorite actor, bar none, was Kelsey Grammer. The first show I ever clearly remember watching with my mom is Cheers, and from there, it was Frasier. I literally feel like I grew up with the man. Connie, Thomas Jane brings his own iconography into this because he was in The Punisher. You know that Thomas carries with him subtle mannerisms and a certain quiet, tough guy thing that works really well for the role. Jane was unavailable for comment. <laughs> Speaking of the budget, Connie, I can tell you it was less than 100 million. Switzer laughs. I was going to say less than 50. Connie, we're narrowing it down for you. Switzer, we made a lot of movies in the past on shoestring budgets and have learned over the years how to stretch a dollar.
1: No, you haven't. With
3: all the favors we had on this one and just figured out a way to get it done. No, you didn't. <laughs> Switzer, once we found this plane in Louisiana, we decided to go there. So we got to take this plane completely refurbish it and then build a casino on it that was a poker table and a craps table that never got used andrew lawrence talk about building a plane during flight we were literally building the plane set while we were shooting it was insane matthew lawrence it's a jaws equation when you can't show a shark because you don't have a whole shark yeah you guys made jaws just like it money plane andrew lawrence we picked corners of the set that were built and shot in those corners we had to do that all the time switzer my favorite part of shooting was actually this is in the trailer when kelsey grabs his assault rifle and gets ready for the guys that are coming for him we start rolling he grabs the gun and i remember just thinking fraser crane is now scarface can't believe we did this andrew lawrence there's this one cockpit fight we filmed for eight hours edge did it all himself connie he went up against a stunt man who was really a pro Edge. What was difficult about that is the guy I was fighting was six foot six, and I'm six foot four, and we're in a cockpit trying to do this. And finally, Andrew Lawrence, I do love sequels, Matthew Lawrence, or a prequel on a boat, call it Money Boat. Joey Lawrence, Money Sub, Money Copter. They didn't have the money for a full plane, so they just had to
2: use a little helicopter. I'm starting to figure out how the Lawrence brothers never really fully sustained a career. I'm sure they have money at this point for residuals and all that shit, but these guys suck. All right, let's get to the golden dumpsters. Yeah. Well, I mainly eat out of a dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) I should try that. I need some new dresses. Don't. (laughs) Or if you do, stay away from the one in Ocean and Wilshire. That's mine. (laughs) Seriously. Stay
3: out of it. Golden dumpster nominees. I mean, I mean, already flip-flopped twice, but Kelsey Grammer is... Darius Emmanuel Grouch, the third, better known as the Rumble. Crockett shouting, I can't lose before he blows his brains out. Iggy using a knife to open a banana. Thomas Jane using a drone to shoot people instead of going there himself <laughs> and doing some actual work. And Reed, aka Fat Baker Mayfield, fighting Isabella.
2: I mean, you gave it to Kelsey? Rumble time. Yeah! i'm gonna give it to fat bigger mayfield
1: oh holy shit gets his
2: look. Okay. yeah
1: i feel bad for holy shit i feel like if he was it stayed alive a little longer he could have won it back i mean it was that kind of it was literally one yeah, of he those just, he one, needed one more scene it was just whoever has the ball last is going to win this series
2: yep absolutely i got to
3: agree with the man it's Kelsey Grammer. Between the opening monologue, the alligator fucking wine, oh, the, the shooting of the machine gun. Are we going to sweep it? Should I change and sweep it? You should sweep it. We haven't sweeped it in a yeah, while. Yeah, let's sweep it. it's been like, a yeah, minute. It's got yeah. to be.
1: Sorry, this. holy shit.
3: Yeah.
1: It was the last one that we had, last sweep we had.
3: Jason Sudeikis as <laughs> Bat Douche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Iconic <laughs> movie, movie
2: 43. All right. <laughs> did i pick this you did sir i picked it motherfucker didn't you <laughs> all right phobe or file <sighs> this is a tough one because i really appreciate kelsey grammar i really do. the rest of this movie is just awful it is up there with one of the worst movies we've ever done but i think kelsey saved it i'm gonna file this thing And if it's any, almost anybody else I other than Kelsey be Grammer, on myself.
1: I'm, so, I'm fucking so because Zach actually pretended to have an existential crisis about whether he was going to fall over file one of his own picks.
2: No, I legitimately flopped back and forth during this movie. If if it had ended on Kelsey Grammer shooting that gun and just screaming into the ether, it would have been an easy file. But it was a tough one. Yeah, I'll
1: file it. I'm not going to hold you guys in suspense here. That's a phobe. What? Oh, that movie was terrible. I never want to watch it again. It it, it has none of the appeal of many of the other kind of really bad action movies that we've done. I'm like, you know what? I could rewatch it. This movie, other than Kelsey Grammer and my man, holy shit. No, this is this is a strong vote for me.
3: Wow. Wow. We are definitely in it's so bad, it's good territory for a good chunk of this movie. But somehow, it made 82 minutes seem like an eternity. No way. That shit, f- no. that shit flew by, man. No way.
1: I phobed it, but I'll stick up for it. It did not drag.
3: Look, man, when we cut back to Edge for the ninth time and he's sitting in the <laughs> cockpit making a phone call, I'm like, what are we doing? You're going to make me piss, man the fuck are we doing is my question you cast a wrestler to sit there and not fight apparently
2: man if we keep dragging this episode out you know we have to tell Amin you're in trouble
1: don't pay. hey don't you dare pee don't you dare don't,
2: pee. You, piss. don't you piss you're not gonna file that you kidding me i'm gonna watch a man fucking alligator money plane he doesn't even say it's gonna be you're gonna find that on the money plane it's just two words after that prompt money plane
3: kelsey Grammer knocks it out of the park there's definitely a lot of enjoyable stuff after this marathon podcast i have swung all the way back to a file wow fuck off i mean
1: wow fuck both of you guys you're fucking awful fucking tasty movies also if you want to see a podcaster piss all over his brand new leather couch money plane Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.
3: Pick. Maze. All right, so it's my pick, you guys, and I mean, you know, we just did money plane, Zach. It's all right. Ah, fuck that up. Yeah. All right, it's my pick. <laughs> 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 we just did <laughs> money plane. I mean, you chose money train. You guys really backed me into a corner here. I want to pick money automobiles, but it does not exist yet until the Lawrence brothers get their. Hands on another stimulus check,
1: it, or Wesley and and Woody.
3: That's,
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah.
3: That's true. And so it is with much joy that I take us down into the depths again. This is a movie that has been on my list oh boy. since the early days of Cinephobe. Hurry up! I gotta piss. Finally, it popped up on HBO Max, and now it's time for Troll Two. What? Troll 2 Buckle up motherfuckers
1: Wait hold on Is that the one with fucking Justin Timberlake And Anna Kendrick
3: No it is not Trolls World Tour (laughs) It is quite different Actually (laughs)